Thank you for listening to VASED's podcast channel, Deeper Insights. This episode is brought to you by Radford University. Radford University's fully online doctorate in education program prepares educators to lead responsibly and equitably in complex times. The cohort-based model enables students to develop practices of collaborative inquiry and continuous improvement, as well as community partnerships. Throughout the program, students learn to become expert problem solvers and are supported by dedicated full-time faculty. In this applied doctoral program, students implement a dissertation in practice to investigate and address persistent problems of practice in their own professional contexts. Whether you aspire to be a superintendent, administrator, or other organizational leader, we invite you to join us for the next step in your career. For more information, visit radford.edu S-T-E-L or check out the Facebook page, Radford University College of Education and Human Development. Hello, educators of Virginia, and welcome to another episode of Deeper Insights, where we explore all things education to support our kids ultimately at the end. Today is an awesome honor and a huge privilege uh, to welcome our conference closer, Kyle Sheely. He will be keynoting the very last thing that we have in our conference, so sending us off um, as an inspirational speaker. I can't think of anyone better uh, to send us off and send us on our way. Um, Kyle is also an author. Uh, he has written three books, uh, two of which are are much more well known than the third. I don't know. Uh, it might be a little bit harder to get a handle, uh, to get a hold of Ninety Nine Shades of Grey. Uh, but maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe there's somebody who has a copy who's willing to put that thing on uh, Facebook Marketplace. I um, have, I do have a copy of that in my office right now. I can see it from <laughs> where I'm sitting. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, uh, without further ado, Kyle, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, I am this end of the summer when we're recording this. I don't know when this will be released, but it's uh, August 4th right now. And so I'm as a person who works primarily in the youth market um, and, and does a lot of stuff in corporations and stuff as well. But there's this lull at the end of the summer where uh, you're not doing events for a couple of weeks and then it's about to just get slammed. So next week I start traveling and I'm gone a ton in August. So this is kind of the calm before the storm. Uh, but, but also in, in other ways too, we're about to move into our new house that we've been building for the last year. And so, um, but yeah, I'm good, man. I'm grateful. I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm, I'm excited to be here. That's awesome. I, I appreciate it. I, I, you know, uh, we, we both have four kids, so, um, I, I, I can appreciate the, the downtime where you actually get to catch up on some of the things that you might miss out on because of the, of the busy, uh, yeah. putting that dad hat back on. When, when do your kids go back to school? Is that, is that like, like super soon or do they have a couple uh, of the 18th, uh, is when, uh, two of my kids will go to school and then two of my kids are homeschooled. They're younger. So, um, but my two oldest will go back the 18th. Okay, awesome. So they're probably trying to squeeze the last bit of summer out and and they, they've got dad at home with them as well. So I, I know that those are good times. Um, I, that's that's what August is for for me uh, as well. My kids go back on the 22nd. So they're trying to squeeze some some summer out. Uh, matter of fact, my wife took our youngest to Bush Gardens today, um, just to, which is a, a a theme park. In, I don't know yep. how familiar you are uh, theme park in, right in, in Williamsburg, which is actually where you're coming to be with us for the annual conference. So good times gearing up i i think you know what's really good about this time of year and and really we could touch upon these as as we're talking 
one, our educators are gearing up for another year and they're coming out of the toughest year in the history of education. So they're gearing up and, and getting prepared. Um, so there's a whole lot of hope and optimism and, and promise that come with that. Um, and, and so that's, that's a really great time of year, but also like selfishly, there's some promotional material that, that I'd like to get out of this conversation, but you, um, you are, uh, I, I just famously known for some crazy ideas and I, I love your TikToks, by the way, like, thank I, you. I absolutely love them. I, my two favorite are probably, um, are, are probably the, the umbilical cord beef jerky. <laughs> And and the that's um, a deep cut. And and the and and the um, the apps that run the um, the jukebox or the yeah the jukeboxes in, in your town. And so I, I, as soon as I, I saw that, that's how I can tell I can tell based on that like those are you did your homework and I could tell you're a true fan uh, because you can always tell like if you get on a phone call or a podcast interview and they go, Oh, my favorite chapter of your book. And it was like the first chapter of the book. You're like, <laughs> Oh, this guy read this so that he could do this interview, which yeah. is totally fine. But you just named, those are like two deep cut uh, TikTok videos. So um, man, I appreciate you, you following along. Oh, no, I love it, man. And, and that, so uh, as soon as I saw the, um, the 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 meatloaf the two uh, two I'm gonna spend two hundred dollars on meatloaf as soon as I saw that I as soon as I got off went on to Apple I uh, Apple Music and you know what I had to play I had to play that song and so man uh, it's just great so I, I love your content man keep keep it going uh, but really crazy ideas let's live in that space if you don't mind for just a little bit if yeah if if we've got some educators who are are coming out the hardest year ever. And they're preparing for the school year and, and students almost every day we're losing students to either attendance issues, engagement issues, learning issues, but there's something that can be sparked. And, and, it, and I think your keynote is going to touch onto this, but living in the space of crazy ideas, how, how can teachers inspire kids with some crazy ideas to, to help them out? Yeah. So for those of, you who don't have context on what we were talking about, um, what I have kind of become known for over the last decade or so is chasing these crazy ideas. So you mentioned 99 Shades of Grey. That was uh, just a silly book idea that I had. When 50 Shades of Grey came out, I thought, what if you just published a book that literally just had shades of gray in it? And, and so there were 99 Shades of Grey within this color space called Grayscale. And I published this book thinking like, no one's going to, this is just a dumb joke. No one's going to care about this. And we sold like almost $10,000 worth of this book and shipped it to a dozen countries around the world and put a copy in the Library of Congress. And that just sort of like led to all of these other crazy ideas that I've had. And what I found is that when I put these things out into the world, like again and again and again, they've led to these like wildly outsized results. And so um, like, for instance, after the, after the 99 Shades of Grey, I had this idea to put on a fake marathon and it was just sort of poking fun at a friend of mine who was always evangelizing for marathons and trying to get me to run marathons. And I thought, well, what if we did all of the marathon stuff without any of the running? And what if we just, everyone got a race bib and everyone got a medal and everyone got a t-shirt. And then we just put those on and pretended like we were running and then took credit for running a marathon. And again, that was an idea that I thought, oh, this is funny to me and my friends, but you know, no one else is going to care about this. Well, then a thousand people signed up. We were in Runner's World magazine. Um, and then we did it again last year and 34,000 people signed up and it was in the Washington Post. And I mean, that technically makes us bigger than the Boston Marathon. <laughs> and so over and over again, like I've, I've found that 
by chasing these crazy ideas, it leads to these things that you could just never really expect or anticipate or guess at. And so I've started kind of being an evangelist for crazy ideas. Uh, and one of the things that I say is that every problem needs a solution, but before it's a solution, it's a crazy idea. If it wasn't a crazy idea, somebody would have already done it before. And so as a culture and as a society, we're facing huge problems right now, whether that's like this political division in our country that seems like it's higher than it's ever been in my lifetime, whether it's global warming or whether it's COVID or, or, you know, the war in Ukraine, all of this stuff feels so heavy. And, and a lot of times feels unsolvable, but I'm trying to push back against that and go, no, we just, we just haven't tried the, enough crazy ideas yet. There's an idea out there that will fix some of these things. And so when it comes to education, I think, you know, education is, it, is the the a place that needs more crazy ideas than anything else. Like this is a thing we're trying to prepare students for a future that doesn't, we have no idea what it's going to be. It doesn't exist now. Most of the jobs that your students have don't exist right now. They won't exist while they are your students. It's a thing that they're going to find out like 10 years from now, oh, this whole industry opens up or this whole programming language opens up or this, this thing that we can't imagine. And so it's kind of the idea of educating someone for a job that doesn't exist is in and of itself a crazy idea. So I would just, I, you know, to answer your question, this is a very long answer, but I would say like, start thinking, what are the things that, that what are my built-in assumptions about what education needs to be? And are those true? Can I question some of those? Can I pull on some of these strings? What are the experiences that have been the most meaningful in my own educational journey, both as a student and now as a teacher or an educator and an administrator? How can I replicate those things? Which of those things call into question some of the assumptions that we talked about earlier? And then start just kind of wiggling stuff around. And I think you'll, you'll often find like, oh, I thought teaching had to be this, or I thought education had to be this. But in my own experience, some of the most meaningful experiences I had didn't fit into those boxes. So how can I, as an educator, create experiences like that for my own students? Yeah, and that, those will be the experiences that the kids remember forever. I mean, it, it, you know, for, for any of us, not, not too many of us remember, you know, how to graph a parabola given a yeah. quadratic equation from math. But I, I can remember very specifically the teacher who inspired me uh, to do more and, and, and to dream more. So I definitely appreciate that. And one of your crazy ideas was, was to have a Viking funeral for your 20s. Um, and, then, yep. and, then, and then came the, the big project that became the book, you know, how to host a Viking funeral. Can you, can you talk to us about what that crazy idea morphed into with your understanding now about uh, about regrets because ultimately that's that's really what 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 you burned was yeah the person i used to be yeah so i mean that this whole this is a perfect example of like this book deal which is with uh, i'm very proud to say that it's with the major publisher harper collins one of the five biggest publishers in the world um i have an editor that i love like uh, an amazing like the whole story was so much better than i could have anticipated all of that if you trace it back and keep going back. Where did this whole thing start? It started with a, a crazy idea for a birthday party. I was about to turn 30 and my mom has some, my mom and dad have some land out in the country. And they said, Hey, do you want to have a bonfire out here? And I was like, no, I'm not going to have a birthday party. I'm going to have a, a funeral to mourn the death of my twenties. And it was just a joke. And then my mom said, well, that's kind of weird. You know, what is it going to be like? A, you're going to have a coffin and people put their, their gifts in the coffin. And I said, no, it's not going to be a regular funeral. It'll be a Viking funeral. And it was just kind of me riffing. And, and I, I have a, my, 
love language is messing with people. And so me messing with my mom and kind of joking around and giving her a hard time. But out of that came this, this Viking funeral. And as soon as I said, no, it's going to be a Viking funeral. I knew like, I'm going to build a Viking ship. I'm going to build some letters and numbers that say my twenties. I'm going to have some friends over and set it on fire. And then the way that these projects go for me is that it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And so, you know, what a normal person would have done is build something like the size of a mailbox, but I built something the size of a minivan and it was 16 feet long and eight feet tall. And, and I, I set it on fire with a bunch of my friends and I thought, Hey, that was fun. Uh, that's kind of the end of it. And, you know, now I'll move on to something else. But a video about that project went around the internet and I started getting emails from people because in that video I had talked about, Hey, you got to let go of the past to make room for things in the future. And that one line just seemed to really resonate with people. And so all these strangers I'd never met started emailing me and saying, Hey man, your weird birthday party, your crazy idea for a birthday party inspired me to think about like the things I want to let go of. And these emails like, were all kind of the same and they would all end with this person saying, I just wish I could do it with a cool Viking funeral like you did. So like, I get a couple of these emails. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I get a couple more and I'm like, oh, they're all saying the same thing. That's weird. And, and, and then like a year later, I'm still getting these emails from people. And I, that had never happened before with any of my other projects. And so I thought maybe there's something here. So I decided I would do one more Viking funeral. And I was like, this time it won't be for me. It won't be for my birthday. It'll be for anybody who has something they want to let go of. That can be a regret, a mistake, something from their past, something that they did, something that they didn't do. It could be a relationship, anything that they want to say, you know what, that's, that's the person I used to be. This is the person I want to be now. And I asked people to write that down, mail it to me, and then I would build another Viking ship and set it on fire. And I was hoping that I would get 10,000 submissions. Um, and in the end, I got 21,000 submissions from uh, people all over the country and all around the world. And at the end of 2019, I, I finished building this giant Viking ship. This one was much, much bigger than the other one. It was 16 feet tall and 30 feet long. Um, filled it with all these regrets and, and set it on fire. Just like that, <laughs> set it on fire and then wrote a book about it. So what, so one thing that I think is, um, you know, a, a parallel to, to, to just your public facing side and, and a parallel to what teachers do is teachers how to have to creatively think of ways to engage their kids, whether it's to, to gain their interest or to keep them and hold them and sustain them in their engagement and their thinking. And so if, if you don't mind it, giving us a peek behind the curtain as somebody who is just a, an author of some extremely creative and engaging content, uh, whether that's through the, the writing that you do or, or through the TikTok videos, what is your process for, for creating content? You know, for me, I just, I, I heard there's a comedian named Mike Birbiglia and I'm a big fan of his, have been for a long time. And I heard him say once in an interview that his career changed and pivoted when he realized, oh, I'm not a stand-up comedian, I'm a storyteller. And when he said that, that resonated with me because I was like, oh, I'm not a motivational speaker. That's like the industry. That's the title that you know other people might call me. And that's fine. But what I think of myself as is a storyteller. And, and so I... I am a big believer in the fact that like humans, we, we aren't wired to remember facts and numbers and statistics and things like that. We can learn how to do it. And I'm, I have a good memory for things like that, but I have a fantastic memory for story because I think that's what we all have uh, are built to remember. And so I just, I kind of think about what are the stories that resonate with me? What are the things that I, what are the stories that my friends ask me to tell? What are the stories that I, I 
find myself remembering. Uh, I'm a big fan of remember the time. You know, anytime somebody goes, dude, remember the time that that had, like that to me is a signal of like something about that is sticky. Something about that sticks in our brain. And so, so I started uh, this literally 12 or 13 years ago, I started a document that's just called stories. And anytime I think of I remember the time or anytime someone else brings one up, I write it down in there. And then when I'm looking for, um, a, when I, or when I'm, when I'm building content, whether that's a speech or video or whatever, I always go back to that document. And I, and sometimes I'll have something, some truth that I'm trying to communicate, but I don't have it wrapped in a story yet. And then I go, which of these stories helps me to to communicate that the best or, or which of these, which of these stories illustrates this in, in the best way. And so, um, you know, it's one thing for me to say, Hey, you know what you should, if you have a good idea, go after it. It that's, uh, that's just sort of good advice, but it's generic and it's bland. But if I, if I go, Hey, here's this thing that I did for no good reason. I just did it. Cause I wanted to. And that, and that thing that I made, uh, is something that makes people laugh or it makes them smile or whatever. Then that lesson is just wrapped up in that. And then I, then I can kind of draw out at the end and go, Hey, you know what? Uh, just so you know, you don't need permission to do your crazy ideas. You should do them because you want to, and, and they make the world a little bit weirder. And, and then that sticks. And so for me, that's how I think about content. It's all through storytelling. Um, and, and what are the kind of stories that people like to hear? Yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's so interesting, um, about, you know, using the story to, to pull out the nugget. I mean, that's, story is how we communicated all through time before we had anything that was formal about schooling or or any standards or, or any testing like that so really appreciating our innate uh communication kind of bare bones through storytelling so um i i want to make sure i stay true to keeping this short uh, i, I want to give you a chance to maybe to help us uh because we'll we'll drop this right around the time when some teachers are are have already started back and some are getting ready to start back with their kids coming back so it's we're right in that sweet spot of of the beginning of you know a beginning a new a, a new chapter a, a new rotation that's the beautiful thing about education is that every every year we get to hit the reset button and start over and do things differently what as as somebody who knows youth very very well and who draws upon their own experiences what are some good key tips coming into this year in particular that would help teachers reach their kids i would say one is to understand that the 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 truth of what you just said about that. This is a reset button that even if you've had these kids in the past, like, like you get a fresh start here and you can kind of like, there is something really powerful. That's what that my whole book was about was that about how powerful it is to say, Oh, I'm not that person anymore. I used to be that person. I'm not that person anymore. And so at any point you can do that, but there are certain like markers in the calendar that make it easier. And this is one of them where you can go, Hey, you know what? I'm tired of being the, the teacher who hounds everybody about stuff, or I'm tired of being the teachers known for, you know, being real, a strict disciplinarian. I want to be the fun teacher. I want to be the teacher who shows grace, or I want to like, like try that identity on, like it, see what that feels like. Uh, and then the other thing I would say, and I'll, I'll touch on this a lot in my keynote is just that the things that like, remember the things that connected with you as a, as a student, the things that made you fall in love with, 
the idea of wanting to educate. And it probably was not that somebody really, you know, like you said, nailed the quadratic equation lesson for you. Um, what it probably was, was it was a human being who like saw you as a human being and inspired you to want to learn something that maybe you had no desire to learn before. And all of a sudden they made you fall in love with this thing. And you thought, wow, that's magic. If I, if they could do that for me, what if I could do that for someone else? Reconnect with that. And I think a lot of the rest of the stuff takes care of itself. If you remember why you got into this place, why you got into this in the first place, um, and, and you try to go, Hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to come into this every day with my, with that in the front of my mind, trying to say, how do I recreate that experience for my students? How do I make sure they're telling stories about me? Not as like, Oh, they, they really taught me how to, you know, multiply fractions or whatever. Um, and instead they went, you know what? I knew that, that teacher cared and I knew that they like, they loved me and that they were there for me. And I saw that they were excited about their life. Like if you can come into it with that, the lesson plans, the, the rest of that stuff, like it, it kind of falls into place um, where it should be as not like the most important thing, but as, Hey, these are, these are all ways that we accomplish the main goal, which is like touching hearts and shaping lives. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Kai. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for carving out time to, um, to, to sit down with me, answer a couple of wacky questions uh, and, and help us out with some promotional materials. I cannot wait uh, to, to actually meet you in person um, in Williamsburg at our annual conference. Uh, I, I can't think of a better person to close our conference out. I think I said it earlier as our conference closer, just really sending us off uh, just inspired and, and on fire for, for kids. And um, pun um, kind of quasi intended with setting things on fire, um, but but definitely excited about about bringing you in. So one uh, one last thing, I, I want to give you an opportunity, Kyle, how can our listeners connect with you? Uh, you can follow me anywhere. Uh, if you can figure out how to spell my last name, that's always the challenge. It's, uh, it's Kyle, that's S-C-H-E-E-L-E, -E -E, uh, kylesheely.com or at kylesheely on social media platforms and things like that. But um, I, I, I would say I'm not particularly concerned with um, whether or not you follow me or anything like that. I just, if there's ever any way that I can be a resource to you guys, uh, please reach out. Uh, I am here to help. I feel like you'll hear me talk about this in my keynote that I was kind of a rough kid. I, I was a kid who um, I, the teacherly way of describing me would be to say that I had a lot of potential. Uh, I got, I was, I wasn't rough in that. Like I was getting into fights or like anything like that. I was the kid who needed a lot of attention and, and was a kind of a distraction and probably had undiagnosed ADHD. And what kind of set the course of my life was having a, a number of teachers who came along and really did help focus and shape that potential. And so I feel like for the rest of my life, I'll be kind of paying that back and paying that forward. And so, um, I, I want to come in and, and just support you guys and encourage you guys and just say, Hey, please keep doing what you're doing because more than ever, we need people who care about our kids and who want to, you know, who believe in a brighter future and who are helping to make that happen. So, um, if you want to follow me, that's great. What I want to do is try to help just encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. Awesome. Thank you, Kyle. And thank you so much for spending time with, with us today and, uh, and, and, and putting this podcast on wax. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you register for our annual conference. You do not want to miss Kyle. Thank you.